Greetings, nerds. Being a nerd, I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm here. We're here. We have virtual Comic-Con coming. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Whatever let's... that is. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this Saturday, uh, July, what is that, July 11th, we are going to be uh, doing a podcast marathon with the indie pop popcon is uh one of as like just about every comic-con in 2020 is going virtual and uh we were invited to uh participate uh our time if you want to listen to us is 6 p.m eastern time so uh yeah so we'll we'll be doing another a little live spot there so come come listen to us yeah yeah so it can crash and burn <laughs> No, I hope not. I, I, I make I make sure my kids are off their like tablets and devices so that we don't have the same problem we had when we tried to do our live show a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a must. That's a yeah. must. Yeah. Um, speaking of live shows and recording, Hamilton the Musical dropped on Disney Plus. A live recording of the Broadway show that everyone's at least kind of heard the music to at this point. Um, now I didn't watch it. Uh, Will I know you did? What are your thoughts on it? Watched it twice, and so here's the thing: I, I, I really came into this show. I mean, obviously, if you if you've been around the last five since 2015, you've heard of Hamilton and and the cultural phenomenon it is. I mean, it's won 11 Tony Awards, Pulitzer Prize, blah blah blah. But other than uh, the reference, the, you know, not going to throw away my shot. I really hadn't heard any songs or anything from the soundtrack. So I went into it honestly cold. Uh-huh. And yeah. And, uh, you know, and every time I, I've, you know, wanted to watch the musical when it's traveled here in North Carolina, you know, and it's, it, you can't get tickets. Uh, so, you know, so props to Disney, props to Lynn, Lynn to, sell the rights to it and, and and just you know make it accessible to everyone so i when it started i was okay i was like you know i had like you i had very high expectations and didn't want to be disappointed right. and 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 i i will i will say that it it met my expectations mm-hmm. it, it it really really did and it was just it, i could see why uh, from you know, obviously this was a filmed version of the stage stage show, but that original cast they just they just killed it. And of course we've you know we've seen a lot of these folks you know Leslie Odom now and other projects and you know Dubby Diggs and Blackish and other things, but just seeing them when they were uh, on the stage playing Aaron Burr and playing Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson and, and Lin Manuel. Miranda and uh, Philippa Sue and uh, Renee, uh, you know, the original cast, all of them just did a phenomenal job. And, and, and really, if you, uh, if you hadn't seen it, um, uh, the, the King George, the actor, uh, Jonathan Goff, who plays Sam, just stole the show <laughs> whenever King George uh, showed up on the stage. So it, it, it truly, it truly is 
all it was what what it's cracked up to be. At first, I was kind of like, you know, when it first kind of got started, I was like, I'm not sure about this. But by the uh, by the end, I was, you know, I was sold. I watched it again. What did you think about Lin-Manuel Miranda's performance? Because what I find fascinating is for five years... I've heard nothing about but accolades, and everyone rejoices him. He's such a such a genius and everything for what he did in this contribution. And now, since they dropped the film version, I've heard nothing but criticism about his actual portrayal. Of yeah, which I think is hilarious. I think it's it is too. So I... funny. But what were your thoughts on it? See, yeah, I've heard that 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 buzz around a lot of the YouTube space, uh, and also on Twitter. The the you know, obviously Hamilton trended like pretty much all of Fourth of July weekend, right? And so, you know, I thought his performance was good. I mean, given that he, you know, the star power of you know these other actors on that were in the show, clearly many of them seasoned Broadway performers or stage performers. So, but I personally did not find his performance. I don't find that he was overshadowed by anyone. I thought he did a very, very solid performance, uh, given that, that this was, you know, obviously not his first craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I think he held his own with, with folks and, and, um, didn't, I didn't have any issues with this performance. I, I really didn't. I mean, the, uh, you know, because you know, with the pandemic and stuff, I've been watching, you know, a few, I guess, and I guess April and May, you know, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber had been putting his shows up on uh, YouTube so you can watch them. And there have been various film, you know, everything from just really rough copies of stage shows that were put to film made into film and for me so hamilton i have obviously seen it on the stage but i have seen les mis on the stage uh les mis translated to film was good but it's still you know it was it didn't blow me away like like hamilton did so you know obviously i i felt like i had still had a theater performance even though I was watching it in my living room, mm-hmm. because you still had the audience, audience in the background. You still, you know, the way they 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 did the shots very well in that. You still, you know, obviously there are a lot of details that you were able to get in a an emotion picture where they are having close up shots that you wouldn't necessarily have, you know, sitting in the up in the upper balcony where I would be sitting because you know tickets were so would be so damn expensive. But that being said, I still felt like I was still still had somewhat of the theater experience at the way they shot the stage and the way this they really maximized in their camera angles how they how they they used the stage and the turn the turntable and how the actors would fly in and come out of scenes and and again back to Lynn Lynn's performance again he played well off of the other actors so. I didn't find it diminished at all, even in, in, as far as my raw reaction when I was watching the show. 
And so, I mean, I've seen some of the criticism after the fact, at least as far as the performance, not getting into you know, the story and embellishments and all the other you know, criticisms that some people have had over, you know, over the last week uh, that's been, I guess, amplified now, given that uh, it's been brought to a wider audience. But I, I really enjoyed the show. And, I mean, clearly Disney Plus got, got the win. I mean, I saw where they had like a 72% like uptick in downloads for for their service just in the United States uh, over for the same over this over just for this weekend, this past weekend versus what they had had for the preceding four weeks. So, I mean, clearly this was it was the event that Disney Plus hoped it would be after what they needed, you know, after Mandalorian has mm-hmm. been gone for a few months. And so. You know, with that, and also, again, just bringing theater and bringing this experience to just average folk who would never otherwise get this opportunity to see it. I mean, I that 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 was a big win, especially, and I'm glad they moved it up from October of next year to Fourth of July weekend. So, props to to Disney Plus. I mean, it's a win-win for them. But well, uh, just to clarify, I don't think it's about people never being able to see Hamilton because there's so many clips. There's yeah. so many schools now performing it. It's, it's a musical. Yeah, it's it's going to be musical, out there. But, but the fact that it was the original cast, yeah, exactly. that's the beauty of it is yeah. that you, there was this play Broadway plays are a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Those actors don't continue doing the same role forever and ever and ever. And, and, and I think that, there was something to be said about the casting that they hit every single character so well that that's part of the reason why it just took off the way it did. But yeah. this is really not a Hamilton podcast. It's, it's not. It's not. But yeah, it's I not. haven't even seen the movie version. You got to go see it. You got to check it out. I don't have to. You, you, you must. <laughs> it's your appointment. It's your it's your homework for for the yeah. week. <laughs> Um, I own the soundtrack. I know the songs. I get what happens. Um, okay. okay. Well, so, at least you had a soundtrack. Speaking so. <laughs> about events, let's talk about Doom Patrol. <clears throat> so, so Doom Patrol, Sex Patrol, whatever you want to call it, this week was interesting. Mm-hmm. As I try to remember what did happen, <laughs> 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 I don't know why this this. I, I'm trying to figure out in my head, how do I go from talking to Hamilton where, where Will spends 20 minutes and then, and then into sex patrol? <laughs> what is the segue for that? What is the segue? But Will, what did you think about Doom Patrol? So what did I think about Doom Patrol this week? So whenever I heard a title of this week's episode, episode four, Sex Patrol, Clearly, we it's just Doom Patrol, and I, and I know we say this all the time, and it's it, but I, you know, I was expecting what I thought the episode was going to be, and what it actually ended up being was completely different. Agreed. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was the that was the big takeaway that I got for 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 the episode this week. I love the episode, but it was completely. Not what I expected, how it was going to unfold. It will, I expected more. <laughs> yeah, that's the I point. Mean, which is bizarre when yeah. that last sequence is a, is a, a demon giving birth 
to a child that if it screams, it's the end of the world or there's no more sex. I, I got lost in all of that talk. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I think there would be, so there would be no more children, but basically the world would just be one big orgy. Yeah. what I got it yeah. from. Yeah. Well, innocence would be lost. And I think yeah. that's something that this episode did really well is even though it's called Sex Patrol, it, it's because of the innocence when mm-hmm. when you when when you pass that rite of passage, lose your virginity, and and it's really important. And this season, because of Dorothy, they're playing a lot into who 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 they are as these these new creatures or these fear these heroes. But also D-list heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the bottom of the barrel heroes. <laughs> I love them. Don't get me wrong, but they're misfits, and yeah. and they're with Dorothy. I really appreciated how you saw everything through her eyes, and the wanting to be be at the party to mm-hmm. see everything. Yep. Because because she is over a hundred years old technically, yet her father will never see her more than this this eleven year old girl. Yeah. So 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 I thought I thought that was really good, and and maybe that's why a lot of the over the top aspects of the story that plays out, you don't it doesn't. It doesn't become a big orgy. Right. It just becomes a story with all of these connected pieces. And it's a reminder. I mean, there were some bizarre moments that happened in season one. Mm-hmm. And and oddly enough, those are never the mo- moments that I really reflect on liking. Nope. I, I, I think about a lot of the character moments. And this episode, Cliff then kills me. Where yeah. they <laughs> hey, Cliff, you can't orgasm, so you go in. <laughs> And he's like, well, thank you for embarrassing me in front of Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or or when, they, or when the sex men say, you know, everybody go. I'm cyborg. And the cyborg's like, well, I'm cyborg. Yeah. 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 It's like, what? Wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, What did you think about Cliff being on ecstasy? Oh, so Cliff. Always delivers, whether it's high high as a kite on X Cliff or Angry Cliff. Uh, it was just, I was literally just falling out of my seat laughing whenever, uh, whenever, the, whenever first when the Chief and Cliff have that moment because, uh, the, it, it, yeah, again, their relationship is just one that is uh, so, such love hate or hate hate or I don't mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, the chief realizing what he's going through and sees, seeing Cliff in despair, despondent about clearly what happened, how things went bad for him in Florida. And then realizing, okay, let me adjust your intake so I, so you can get, so you can just get high and just lose yourself in this, this party that's going on for Danny. And so, so you see that empathy that the chief has, and and I guess part of that empathy is from feeling responsible because he is responsible for for what what has transpired in, in Cliff's life, 
And so he's trying to, you know, it was, a, I guess, a bonding moment for the two, two fathers who both are trying to have that relationship with their daughters. You know, Cliff trying to rebuild it, the chief trying to protect Dorothy. And so him getting the X and just, you know, the robot doing the robot. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just those, those are just awesome, funny moments. And of course, when he sees the demon in the shadows, uh, shadowy Mr. Evans, um, it was, it was just those, those, those fun moments about Cliff. And, but yet, you know, but then when he has his interactions with, with crazy Jane or Hammerhead, whichever you know, manifestation she was, it, it you, you know, you still have those, those, those fun moments of the two characters and her acting. So, yeah. Um, which which leads us to Jane, where again they lead us. We 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 have a great moment at the beginning of the episode where Cliff encounters the painter who is now above ground, and and he he breaks her apart because she's just a painter, and you see all of the self doubt and this unknowing. And you start to understand why Jane was in control for so long mm-hmm. and all of the cracks in these other personalities who off, who will surface, but not be long term. And I thought that was, that was really interesting. And I just, their whole conversation can extend to all of these characters who are, who are stuck and, or feel stuck given their, their abilities and what was taken away from them and just the whole situation in and of itself, especially Dorothy. And we'll get to that a little bit later, but I like that. And then how she goes through some new, new, um, we see some new faces, but ultimately hammerhead comes up and to protect the girl and which, which is a driving point in her pathos in Jane's pathos because it's all about that little girl who was abused Mm -hmm. and how do we protect her? And that's why all of these, these, um, these altars have been created. It's because of it's a defense mechanism. And so I thought that whole connection made complete sense. And I'm really glad that they decided that she would kill the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hammerhead, hammerhead. Who who also it says something because they were they're the exact voices who told her that her weakness is Niles, is this team, is this other family. Right, right. And that's those are the very people who then Hammerhead had to turn around and ultimately save. Right. And and having to save them and then realizing, oh, to your point. This is why Jane is the primary. Right. Right. There's a reason. Yeah. There. And so, and we're going to get more of that, which I can't wait to see baby doll um, because she's going to become BFFs with Dorothy or will yeah. she? Or will she? <laughs> <laughs> or will she? Because Dorothy also has a lot going on in her head, a lot of temptation. And we, we start to hear Candlemaker's voice increase, which leads me to question. Yeah. Danny mm-hmm. held held on to Dorothy for so long. Mm-hmm. 
not a problem. Perfectly fine. Yes, she heard all of the parties. She knew she was missing out. She made it work. She persevered. So suddenly she resurfaces and Candlemaker just says, oh, okay, now I'm going to start talking. I, I don't understand what happened between when we first meet Dorothy in the circus and Candlemaker appears to this point where for first did Danny Street was he able to muffle Candlemaker's voice or something? I think so. I, I think I guess with well I, th- I think we're seeing the influences I think of Dorothy being around the rest of the Doom Patrol because when she was when she was in Danny everything was everything was fine. You know, there was no, it was, you know, there were other dance, dan, the dan, was it the Dancies? Um, in, 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 in the street, Danisons, yeah, in, in the street as well. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, but, you know, but she, she was still very innocent because that was, you know, so basically we, we, the chief rescues her from the circus and then, which was the last time she did hear from Candlemaker. And then she goes into Danny, and it's a very safe environment. So I don't know if there were any stressors or, or stimuli there that would have triggered Candlemaker. Maybe. Maybe. Or so, he figured out that the the only way to get out is to convince Dorothy that she got locked up. So she, he, he's been holding this card for so long because mm-hmm. he has to turn her against Niles. Right. And since Danny was broken and she couldn't get back in to, you know, since she couldn't put him back, put her back in the street. Again, now, present day, Candlemaker is free to talk to her and, like you said, start convincing her Danny prison. And, mm-hmm. and so, and, and, and that innocence is. You know, because you know that was sort of as you said at the very beginning. I think that is very true. This episode really highlights that that loss of innocence that that Dorothy has, mm-hmm. and and I, and they really I love the way they use the whole idea of bedtime to 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 illustrate that because it was the the nothing good happens. Daddy says nothing good ever happens after bedtime, and we've all heard that. You know, growing up, nothing good happens after bedtime, and used to, and 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 each progressive hour after bedtime, how things progressively got worse to the point where, uh, Candlemaker gets her so rattled that she ends up picking up an ice pick or whatever to to basically go and and, and destroy Danny because she she finds you know prisoner, and so. So, I, I really think this, you know, this episode really is, like you said, a, a, a real story of, of lost innocence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Rita, Rita doesn't help much. No, no. And she, yeah. she's also right there, which Rita plays a pretty important role in this episode and has been for this season where, I, I, again... A, a scene that in any other show you would never refer to. It just be something to set Dorothy on this path of realizing that she is older 
She, she shouldn't have a bedtime. She shouldn't be, have to follow all of Niall's rules anymore because she's 112. It's the makeup scene, mm-hmm. which, but, but then the, these genius writers insert a scene later on where, no, 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 that wasn't all about Dorothy. That was about Rita too. Rita, who we know has always been obsessed with her looks and that's why she's always suppressed her powers and and you get this great moment between her and her mom and it and it just mirrors everything and then ultimately it does show you what her mom did and how and how this idea that if Rita does not appear to be perfect on the outside then she'll never have success her mother ingrained that into her and 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 ultimately her mother and that that thought is is her mental block. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. I mean, I I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't either. I mean, that was you know, when we first whenever Flex first helps her with her release, uh and, and we encounter that 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 block. Um, you know, we we, we see we we don't see who it is. We just see the we just see some two people having sex, and we don't you know, until later in the episode we realize who it is actually uh, Rita's mother. And yeah. but you're right, they did set that up very well, and it also it also was a good connection with both Cliff and Larry too, uh, who are who are both fathers. And one of the things that stuck out to me with, with their interaction this episode was the line, you know, you know, Cliff was like how apparently fucks everything up or whatever. And Larry was like, no, 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 no. The kids are, again, back to this innocence, the kids are fine. It's just we are the ones who mess things up. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I like the way they connected what was going on with Rita's story, but also connecting it again back to Larry and, and Cliff's, and also even the Chiefs as well. Ooh. Oh yeah, he's he's making a lot of fatherhood hood, um, mistakes and just a lot of human mistakes because Niles wants to be the savior, but he he can't he can't do this honestly until I see otherwise. If Danny won't take her back and if she doesn't want to go back, he might have to kill her. Yeah, yeah. Handle makers too big of a threat. Too big of a threat. Um. <laughs> But we'll we'll see what happens with Dorothy this season. We'll see. They they also they brought see that line that exchange with Cliff and Larry didn't really stand out to me because it felt very yeah yeah I get it. But I like the moment between um, between Cyborg and Larry mm. because yeah. Larry needs to leave the group. He needs some time. He yeah. he is too pun intended wrapped up in himself right now. Yeah. And and I thought initially that this would be a very heavy Larry episode because it features the Dannysons. Um, but then again, this show always <laughs> exceeds or or like says, Sarah, this is what you think is gonna happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do this. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. So, but I just like that moment of why did you leave? Well, I needed to heal. Mm-hmm. You can't heal here 
I mean, right. to your point about all of the distractions really feeding into Candlemaker and his plan and, and Dorothy's will, wanting to be, be alive and to be a fully, a full person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very similar to what Larry's going through. I mean, we, Larry, he, he can't, he, he's very much like Cliff. He, he's just stuck and he's yeah. confined and he is the, he, he can't, he can barely feel anything and he has all of this regret. Yeah. So he, he can't do what he needs to get done mentally in this house. Yeah, he can't, he can't. And, and be, being trapped and being in this, in that place, like whenever, when the party was going on and he was finally starting to free and loosen up, but he was like, at the same time, he's like, gotta stay cool. Gotta stay cool. Gotta stay cool. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, and, and then when he got hit on by, by his dance partner, he was just, he just like, just completely blew it. I like, yeah, I just take off all my bandages and I kill everybody here and just like, right. just kills the moment. But, you know, but he's like, you said, he's so wrapped up in himself and his own issues that he, 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 he can't see the, the, the world in front of him and the, and the things that he's missing out on. So, right. yeah. So that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was a, the moment with him as cyborg was definitely a, another good moment in the episode. And also, you know, as we talked about with the first three episodes, you know, when would cyborg get back with the team? And of course this episode, he, he was back and, and, and he, Dealing with the cons—I don't know what say consequences—but he's still he's trying to you know, make sense of what he had just experienced back in Detroit and learn. And again, to, you know what we what you talked about last week, how he's always in his rightness as a cyborg, mm-hmm. and 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 how uh, Mona Lee corrupt calls him out on it and talks about how everybody has a past and everyone has a story, and and helps and, and helps Vic to, you know, hopefully helps Vic to do some, some introspection and, 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 and see Ronnie for who she is and, and not, and not what he, he thinks she should be or how she should act or whatever when they get back together. Any final thoughts about Doom Patrol? Um, let's look. Just one thing about Mona Lee Corrupt that I that that's another thing that uh, really stood out with me in the episode, and just how again how the show can how comic book shows when they're done well can be used as a way as a as like a teachable moment where uh, or, or or deal with a very contemporary issue, and and I'm, I'm glad that they didn't like hide on the issue of of transgender individuals being murdered and I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and how Danny was a, a safe place, but also just the hatred that people will, will, will sh- inflict on other people just because they're different or not because they're like them or, you know, whatever prejudices. And, you know, so in, in this weirdness of a show, they still very, in a, in a, in a, in a way to further the story and not be all preachy, but just 
just make it make it very natural. You know, here, here here's who I am. Here are things that are happening right now, and and we and and uh, you know, Mona was like, I'm not gonna put up with it. She called the called the guy out on it. So I, I like that aspect of the episode as well. So I mean, I you know, this show has is so far season two has not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about season two, Stargirl, it was announced today, is getting a season two that will be exclusively aired on the CW. Did I get that headline right? You got it right, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I've, been, I've been not minding it being on DC Universe, but, you know, that, that thing also, I don't think, happened or worked out the way WB wanted it to, but we're still getting a season two more to come. I think it's great that last week we did not talk about star girl because just so happens we had part one of a part two episode. And these parts really, it is really one long episode when you mine them together And so essentially what happens in part one is Courtney is Courtney. (laughs) See, I'm still, she irritates me so much. Yeah. I was, I was trying to figure out who irritated me more, Courtney or Cindy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh my God. She, I, one of my favorite moments of the first part, was her conversation with Mike at the game mm-hmm. because, and I wasn't expecting it. I didn't think we needed that. And I was starting to wonder why were we getting all of the stuff with Mike and Barbara? And, and then when he calls her out, I was like, Oh, now I get it. Now yeah. I understand what they're doing. It's we we're so used to focusing on the step stepfather, stepdaughter dynamic mm-hmm. that, well, Pat is a father in his own right. He right. has a son. Mm-hmm. And his his son is here and his son is part of this family. So why all of a sudden is Courtney his his main his main <laughs> priority, his top priority? I'm not saying that she shouldn't be, but because she is still a child, but he he has a biological son to care for as well. And and I I really appreciated Mike becoming more of a character and having more mm-hmm. of a voice. And I really yeah. just like that whole thing. You have your mom. I don't. I'm not trying to steal Barbara from you. Why are you trying to steal Pat? What's going on here? But then again, Barbara is wrapped up in Jordan right now. So whatever. yeah, Barbara is wrapped up in Jordan. But I, I'm glad that they they did have that scene with with Mike and Courtney at the football game, because that, that really, it was, it was, it was a very organic type of moment as far as the conflict. And, and also uh, to to tie it back to Barbara and, and Pat's conversation earlier in the episode about uh, Courtney learning how to drive. And, and, and again, step families and blended families learning, dealing with those dynamics of learning people's roles and who's responsible for what and communications. And so those those two scenes really brought some brought some reality to to this group. 
of this 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 family of four, uh, because we really we haven't we, we've seen some interactions, but they've all been kind of like the superficial level kind of things. Uh, and then we finally, and then like a few weeks ago, we did see you know Barbara and Mike have the moment with the science fair, and now we this week we this this episode we saw um, you know Mike and Courtney have their thing. Uh, so I, I like that because you know each each individual of the household is getting uh, their the appropriate amount of, of time, and it's not just Pat and Courtney all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that moment was, of course, followed by a very inorganic moment where they we knew it was going to happen. We knew Cameron was going to pursue Courtney, mm-hmm. setting up for a conflict when they realize they're on opposite sides. And maybe Cameron or yeah, Cameron begs Jordan to not kill Courtney because he likes her. And then they're also setting up this other conflict between Barbara and Jordan and where she falls into this whole thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, I, I do. I'm still very confused by Cameron because we saw him. What few, a few episodes ago and then nothing. And then they have this, Oh, I like this girl, dad. And so he talks to his father and then he gets the courage and asks the girl out. But, They're going to set this up, Will. Yeah, they are. We're going to have no investment time in the actual relationship of Cameron and Courtney, who could be a really good relationship, but we never see them. Well, I will say this, though. I will say this. And one of the things, you know, getting back to our point about hopefully the when season two, it doesn't become completely CW-fied with the show is actually I feel like they will build this a little bit because I know the pacing of this season has been very, I mean, they've been throwing a lot at us because, because, you know, you're never guaranteed, you know, more than one season. So, so they are trying to put a lot of things in place, but I feel that, that even though they've telegraphed this relationship of Courtney and Cameron, I think they'll let it breathe a little bit before, before we get to the conflict. Well, I, I just, I feel like it's episode eight. How many episodes this season? 13. Yeah. Um, Times are ticking people. Times are ticking because I don't want this new America. (laughs) plan to go into season two i mean yes we can have still injustice society they're they're clearly creating this and there's also going to be a lot of passing of the torches where we might just have some brawls in the school which we already did and we'll get in just a second but i i just i i i i feel like and then again, I'm always wrong about these things, so I don't know why I'm still talking about it. I just, I don't like what they're doing right now because it bothers me when they rush the relationships. And comic book shows are basically soap operas. And you can't, you can't, a, a ship cannot be a stake if it's, if, if it's not ship worthy. 
<laughs> I don't know how to vote this. I don't know. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to move on. Yes, Cindy and Courtney do square off in in the gymnasium. Yeah. And because Courtney wants to prove to Pat and her team that, hey, I don't need no training. You all do. But yeah. I don't. And I got this. And she fails. Yeah. Miserably. Uh, I want to roll back this to talk about that train, the, the lack of, of the training for uh, the rest of the team. Because and to my earlier point, this is where I was just like, I don't know who, who I did, who I dislike more in this episode, Courtney or, or Cindy. Uh, and I think it was, you know, it, honestly, it's a toss up because uh, it was Courtney. She needed that ass whipping from Cindy because I, I, I think, you know, she's overall has been basically as Pat has told her very on multiple levels times now in this in this show how lucky she has been with with the conflict that she's had and and honestly she's been bailed out either by pat or by her teammates uh each time and so this time no one came to bail her out and and i think that lesson was definitely she definitely needed that lesson she did not uh, learn it though huh? she did the same thing in part two yeah yeah, I that, that that's why I feel like if listeners go back and listen to any time we we talk about Courtney on Star Girl, and you will hear this constantly. I think Courtney needed to learn the lesson, and then me yelling, she didn't learn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what's frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. I agree with you. Yeah, and and then I watched part two, and the ending sequence. I said. We're back here again. Can we can we kill Courtney from Stargirl? Can it just (laughs) because she she just oh my god she does yeah 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 you're right she's still 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 not there even though Pat tried to tell the cosmic staff to like you know keep her out of trouble oh Uh, not the cosmic staff's staff's fault because he tried yeah just assume it's a he he tried he tried to stay. She said, they need my help. And of course, well, okay, I'm obligated. But the truth of the matter is, nobody needed her help. Yeah, no one did. No one did. I mean, the rest of her team. And that's what I really liked about the second part of the of the episode of the Shiv. Because, you know, they, it really showed the team how they functioned pretty well. And were able to figure out several things about about Courtney about Cindy and and were able you know, and, and and really worked well together for example when our man when he was ready to go and just, just you know basically be Courtney Jr get Beth and and uh the wildcat were like no no let's let's just be measured and let's be let's make a plan and, and stick with the plan and and of course pat found out about it but but it all worked because again it really reinforces reinforced pat's point in the first episode that in order for this thing to work you gotta work as a team right right yeah and and clearly they can as long as courtney's not around yeah 
Um, but and they also listen to Beth. I mean, go figure. Hey, if we want to have a smart plan, we listen to the smartest person on our team, which yeah. is for AI, but still, it's basically Beth. It's basically Beth. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, basically Beth. I just, yeah, it. I, I have, I have no idea. I just don't want to keep having that same communication. Yeah. She knew to learn that lesson. Well, she didn't yeah. learn because she, she keeps, didn't. And she yeah. literally keeps doing the same mistake over right. and over again. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that is, if there is, if there has been one flaw in in the storytelling so far this season, it is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's no growth, and yeah. there, I don't, I don't know what needs to happen or how this all needs to play out for that actually to happen. I mean, God forbid she loses Barbara by the end of the season, and and maybe then. It's just Pat and her, and and what's that like? But we'll we'll cross that bridge. I mean, while we have all of this stuff going on with the the mini Justice League, we also have the um, parallels drawn with the Injustice offspring. Mm-hmm. As as we really, Cindy is pretty much a co lead throughout this whole story arc. And we learn more about her. We we see her interact with her father, the graduation gifts. She's basically an experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she she's been training and and how much she she knows. She she's known all about this. She has her sights on the angle, getting at the table. And just like Courtney, she she jumps too soon. And even yeah. though she wins which she doesn't finish it nope. and which I don't know why. And I'm still trying to figure that out, especially since her father scolds her mm-hmm. when she, when he, when she comes back thinking that she, he's going to find her worthy. And he said, yeah, but she's still alive. And so are her friends yeah, and right. we have more problems. Yeah. But, and, and I was really getting angry because are you kidding me? Cindy is very smart and she doesn't recognize Courtney's hair. <laughs> yeah, the first fight. <laughs> I understand it's yeah. a mask, but there are some things. Courtney's the only kid at that school who I've seen with that kind of hair and yeah. it's always perfectly curled. Yeah. So and and she's short. She's got a lot of attributes there. You can be like, yeah, that's Courtney. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I that that frustrated me too with the first episode. I, I really the, the first part because I was like, okay, clearly Courtney, fig, you know, sees that Cindy and stuff. But yeah, I'll, that was again part of the flaw I think that they they, they did have uh, at least and may and may well and I guess they did, I, I guess they were trying to save it for part two when of course it, and yeah, really, it's brilliant yeah. because. It was because it worked. Nobody yeah. realized that she knew it was. And I think maybe that's why she, she ultimately Courtney still lived is because Cindy realized during the fighting. Oh, I, I know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. I killing a kid. I, I don't, I don't really know, but then the scalding with her father kind of changes that even though it doesn't because she has all the opportunity in the world to basically poison 
Courtney with chocolates and it doesn't happen. And then she reveals that, no, I know who you are. So I don't know. The, the, yeah. that's, that's the flaw. They, they make her seem really powerful, really smart, really strong. And then she, she doesn't get the job done. She acknowledges, I know who you are. You know who I are. I am. This is war. And then she meets her again. And this pissed me off. She's really strong in battle. And yet these little gremlins come and just drag her away. And are you telling me these people are strong? I don't, I don't know. They, I felt like the way she was immobilized, it was like they drugged her, which they didn't. And I was very confused. Yeah, well, I think I think with the first fight, because you know we finally do see the, 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 we get the purpose with the janitor was this, you know Sir Justin, uh, who is uh, you know who is an old ally of the JSA, and, and they're pulling in some of the comic book stuff where uh, with him being an amnesiac, and 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 we'll get I think hopefully we'll get his backstory with the JSA further in, in, in the season. But I, I, I think, you know, whenever just sitting here talking with you about this, what obviously is you made a good point there that Courtney and Cindy are just, you know, flip sides of the coin. So even though to your point, she seems, she's definitely over more, seemed over, over more powerful than Courtney. Uh, she's still very raw. And I think the Dragon King, or her father, was trying to try to share that knowledge with her. But just like any teenager, you know, fifteen, sixteen year old, they they know everything, and they they that they she knows what she knows she knows what she's got to do, and she's ready to do it, and that she should be at that table right now. And so that was that was basically her undoing, and why she either couldn't kill Courtney or um, or is not is not to the place where she can 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 take it take it to that next step to actually finish the job. Yeah. Yeah. And then her her father is even more disappointed into in her because she was fully convinced that Henry does not have powers but in the background, and and again, there's a lot going on as we continue talking about these first these episodes going on, and a lot of characters who are being placed and being put in motion because Henry learns how to use his abilities, and and ultimately is the only reason why Cindy doesn't end up killing Courtney in the final battle is because he inter- literally interrupts the fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blows it up and says, no, I don't know what side to be on. But <laughs> Courtney again, oh my God, he's a telepath. I'm going to mm. continue talking to myself. I was just waiting for her to slip. I killed your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, I, the moment you said telepath, yeah, stop thinking. <laughs> stop thinking, exactly, exactly. <laughs> discipline but again that gets to the lack of discipline yeah 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 absolutely i guess i guess maybe we we started initially comparing her to spider-man like Mm -hmm. a kid 
in spandex yeah. out there vulnerability. Here's the difference between Courtney and Peter Parker. Peter Parker has this this um, this empathy and this almost humility and and still is innocent. Courtney goes about it in a very arrogant way that at least my interpretation turns me off and does not make me feel like, oh, you're just a kid. I, 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 I get it. I understand why you're making these fakes. No, it just makes me frustrated because the way she goes about it, she comes off yeah. being so much older and as if she's been doing this her whole life and she hasn't. So, so there is just something about it that, that does not set up for that Peter Parker, like empathetic, um, innocence and humility and, um, and just, courage because right now what she's doing i feel like i feel like courtney almost just wants to be the hero Mm -hmm. and not really say like almost to the point where i don't think it's about saving bluebell i think it's about being the hero yeah it is it it, you you nailed it i mean i think that's it's 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 very and it was displayed again and and, in the in the first part where she where Pat was trying to tra- teach the rest of the team, and she was just very arrogantly just did, you know, jumped in there, blew up the place, and then, and then everybody's just looking at her like, "What the f?" I mean, mm-hmm. really, and that's how I felt. I was like, "What the f, Courtney?" You, you know, you're just like undermining these folks who you recruited ability to 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 grow and learn from from Pat, who who. Even though he may not have superpowers, I mean, he, you know, he, he's been around the block. He could teach these guys something. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like this is a teamwork ex- exercise. I'm just going to show off and destroy all of them on my own. That's yeah. not teamwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that there's an I in Stargirl, but. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I think that is it. For us tonight, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will and Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S J Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.